0: From legendary locals, we all know, to people you should get to know. Follow Ipswich Today on your favourite app and never miss an episode. Or go to ipswichtoday.com.au Coming up, Goodna Jacaranda Festival springs back to life this month, Council push for changes at local government conference, and Ipswich's population predicted to grow to 528,000 by 2046. It's Tuesday, October 17, 2023, and I'm Alan Roebuck. Welcome to Ipswich Today, which acknowledges the traditional custodians of the land on which it is produced and pays respects to elders past, present and emerging. This podcast is supported by Kinetics, people-powered web hosting trusted by Australian businesses since 1999. favourite local festival is back. The Jacaranda Festival has been part of the eastern suburbs of Ipswich for more than 50 years. The Ipswich Tribune reported last week that Ipswich City Council officers deemed the event new and attracted a lower level of financial support. That's a bit odd and we'll just park that to one side for the moment. Between COVID and floods, it was forced to take a break. The festival makes a triumphant return on October 28 and 29. And I'm joined by the festival's current president. Thanks for speaking with Ipswich Today, Matthew Taylor. Thanks for having me. Firstly, the most important thing, how are the Jacarandas looking?
1: Oh, beautiful, mate. Sensational. Every year I get asked the same question, but every year they bloom beautifully. It's all good.
0: Now, this is the first festival since COVID shut things down in 2020. It wasn't just the festival affected. Uh, How hard has it been to revive the Jacaranda Festival?
1: Well, you know, on some level, not hard, because it's such a well-loved community event that it just has to happen, so... You know, getting it back up and running is just what had to, had to occur. The biggest challenge we had um, is um, finding event management to, uh, to work with. The, the event's quite big now and it really needs professional input. Um, and so we're always on the hunt for people to work with to grow the festival and take it to the next level.
0: Well and that's so, an that's an interesting point you make because I remember yeah. being uh, involved quite a few years ago. It's always been a grassroots festival run with amazing support from volunteers and sponsors. So just just explain how that's changed from then to now.
1: Just it's just the reality of uh the world we live in. Things don't get any easier. I can remember when I first got involved in the festival, there were a lot of envelopes with things written on the back of them. <laughs> there were a lot of things done with a quick phone call and a, and a pat on the back. But these days, um, there's a lot of regulation that we have to meet, a lot of licenses and, you know, official things that have to be sorted out uh, that weren't considered that important back in the day, you yeah. know, for example.
0: Well, so, uh, I guess you can relate that to the old school fate. It was. Uh It was done on a wing and a prayer sometimes, but now, of course, all these workplace health and safety issues have to be met.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, public liability insurance is is just one tiny part of the puzzle, which thankfully this year, we've actually got a bit lucky with that insurance. But, you know, for many years, that insurance just got more and more expensive and you have to have it. You can't stage the event without it. So there's a lot of things that you just have to have these days that you maybe didn't have to have Mm. back in the day.
0: Well, for someone like me, and I'm sure there are thousands of others who haven't been uh, to the festival for a few years, what's changed and how has the structure of the program changed?
1: Well, the structure of the program this year is uh, back to the good old days, you might say, Friday, Saturday, Sunday program. Um, We've still got the Talent Quest happening, which is great because I actually really love the Talent Quest. It's one of my favorite little parts of the festival uh this year we've decided to try to up the ante on the entertainment value of the festival and try to bring in some some bigger crowds from further afield Uh, and so we've got the big tribute fest on the saturday and the big jazz show on sunday which we're hoping will really appeal to people give them a reason to come to the festival and enjoy the festival for a few hours Or half a day, or a whole weekend, Hmm. whatever works. Um, Yeah, there's something there for everyone, really.
0: Matthew, let's talk about the Sunday program because traditionally the biggest crowds have been on the Saturday. So, what's happening on Sunday with the jazz?
1: Uh, So, we've got a big lineup of jazz gurus um, on the Sunday. Uh, It's kicking off at about 11.30 with some community stuff. We've got Ipswich Circus uh, coming along and also I think a gymnastics group are going to do a bit of a sort of a jazz-themed performance to sort of warm the crowd
0: up. Matthew, who are the big names you've got?
1: Well, we've got the famous Dan Barnett with his swing tet coming along and they're going to sort of be The backbone of our jazz show, we've also got Monica Trappiger, who's a very famous um, singer and Australian, as well as uh, Todd Hardy, who's another great jazz performer. So it's going to be a really good lineup there on the Sunday. It's going to be a great afternoon. I think, uh, I think a lot of people are going to enjoy relaxing in the park with some cool jazz.
0: What time will that be kicking off?
1: The Jazz performers kick off around 1.30 in the afternoon. We've got some community stuff just before that to warm up the crowd. Um, and that'll all be finishing up around um, 4.30, where we're going to see if someone, one lucky showgoer, can uh, go home with a brand-new Ford Ranger.
0: Would you say that again? I don't think I've heard that before at the yep, festival. you
1: haven't heard that one? No. Well, no, it's new for 2023. Uh, there is a chance for a online ticket holder to, uh, to win a Ford Ranger. We've partnered with Bremer Ford um to put this on and uh as long as people buy their tickets online before saturday 5 p.m they'll all be in the in with a a chance to be on stage and picking an envelope and in that envelope there might just be a ford ranger well maybe a picture of a ford ranger because we can't fit one in an envelope
0: no that's true (laughs) so just explain more about the ticketing because in uh, years ago uh there was no admission to the festival so what have you got happening this year
1: this is true. Well, to make it easy for everyone, um, we've done a number of things. So first of all, we've partnered with Tickety Bow for the ticketing. Uh, there's links all over social media to that site where you can buy your tickets to make that simple. Tickets are all electronic, get a QR code, nice and easy. Um, if you Again, if you buy your tickets online, you also get free train travel. So parking's always an issue with the festival. It's in a, you know, a football field, basically, and there's not a lot of car parks around. So we thought, let's uh, put on free train travel for everyone <clears throat> so they can just park and ride at the nearest station and come on down. The uh, the Goodner Station is literally a two-minute walk straight onto the field. No, so fantastic it's, it's location. The way to go. Mm.
0: Well, that is that is great news. I'd like to wish you and the hardworking uh, team and committee all the best for the uh, 2023 Goodner Jacaranda Festival. Thanks for speaking with Ipswich today.
1: Thank you. Have a good one.
0: Also making news, the Local Government Association of Queensland Conference is on in Gladstone this week. Ipswich City Council will propose six key motions with a focus on homelessness, health, planning and transport infrastructure. Ipswich Mayor Theresa Harding and Division 2 Councillor Paul Tully are Council's appointed voting delegates at the conference. Deputy Mayor and Division 4 Councillor Russell Milligan fellow Division 4 Councillor Kate Kunzelman, Division 1 Councillor Sheila Ryland and Division 2 Councillor Nicole Jonick are also attending. Council's six motions are available online. Limited or missing data, compressed engagement timeframes and a significant shortfall in proposed infrastructure are the leading concerns outlined in the Ipswich City Council submission to the Queensland Government's Draft Shaping SEQ 2023 Regional Plan update. The draft forecasts Ipswich's population will grow to 528,000 by the year 2046, which will require more than 100,000 additional dwellings. This equates 100 new dwellings being delivered in Ipswich each week compared to the current 50. This news comes as Council approved a major new housing development in Thaguna. The Balloon Thaguna Rosewood Corridor has been earmarked for more than 20 years for future development. And that's it for this episode. Don't forget to look for the Jacaranda Festival link in the show notes. Ipswich Today is supported by Kinetics people-powered web hosting trusted by Australian businesses since 1999. This podcast is listener supported. Please make a once-only gift or regular donation to help keep it online. Just go to ipswitchtoday.com.au. Follow and stream this podcast from your favourite app, including iHeartRadio, or play Ipswich today on smart speakers. Music is supplied by Purple Planet Music. This is Alan Roebuck. Thank you for listening.